Good afternoon, everyone. Happy to have you with us on the chat today. I'm your host, Dwight Henry, visiting again this week with Andrew Smith, who is the pastor at Heavenly Host Lutheran Church in Cookville. Andrew, good to have you with us again. Thank you, sir. It's great to be with you. Appreciate your time. We covered a lot of ground last week about uh, about your exposure to Christianity in the Lutheran Church as a young man, uh, your call, which uh, didn't actually come from an organist, but she's the one that planted in your head to go into the ministry. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, your uh, your your education uh, and the process there. You're serving as pastor, your first pastorate in Memphis, Michigan. That's a new town to me. How big was Memphis, Michigan, by the way? Uh, I think like- the population was roughly 1,200. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you were there for about three years. About three years. And then you uh, you transitioned there and uh, joined the Navy as a chaplain for eight years. And that's where we kind of left off the conversation because as a Navy chaplain, you were not just serving your congregation. You were serving people from different denominations, different faiths, some with, with no background, some with uh, no faiths, no faiths at all. Correct. And then that just, that had to be, how was that stepping out from a, I don't know how in church, in the, uh, in a church, a town of twelve hundred, the Memphis Church was probably not that large. But you're stepping out from a, a plant church, as you said last week, right. a mission plant church. Uh, mission plant. And now you're you're literally literally seeing the world. Right. And what kind of transition was that? It was a it was a fascinating transition. It was a liberating transition in in many ways because you get to have conversations with people that you would never have. Yeah. If you're sort of stuck in you know the silo of your own little world in your own little church. Um, I would have never had. We, I think, we mentioned a conversation last week I had with a naval officer in the in the officers' lounge, and I would have never had that conversation with somebody, where, where they would have felt free enough to say that, yeah, because I was on their turf rather than them being on my there turf you go. In, in in my office or you know in the hallway of my church or something along those lines. So it's it's really wonderful. Um, Chaplaincy was always an opportunity. I, I really took the opportunity to walk around when I was at the, when I was on the ship, I would walk all over the ship. I'd get lost purpose, purposely. <laughs> and you uh, could. And, 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 and you really like, could. I those mean, things are like small towns. Absolutely. Big towns, yeah. yeah. We, we had, uh, we had a thousand ships company. And then when we, when we embarked Marines, we had about 1700 Marines on our ship. So our, uh, our food lines went, <laughs> became really long. Was, was the ship actually larger than Memphis, Michigan? Uh, the, ship, the ship was actually larger than Memphis, Michigan, especially when we had our Marines and our, and wow. our uh, aircraft uh, folks on board. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And that's what was really exciting about it. And it was, uh, I wasn't alone. I had a, a command chaplain, a senior chaplain to me, who was a Catholic priest, uh, who was an excellent godly man and uh, a veteran of the Navy and was able to show me the ropes. Uh, keep me out of most of trouble um, and uh, and just sort of help me understand what ministry afloat looks like because it's very different ministry afloat and ministry uh, ashore. And um, it was just really a great opportunity to sort of meet folks where we are. I said uh, last week that I was, uh, I ran the library yeah. uh, on the ship, but I also served as um, kind of a morale officer in many ways. I worked with the safety officer who was the morale, welfare, and recreation officer. And we planned trips and gave people opportunities when we got the chance to pull into ports. Um, and um, we also did um, uh, other things. I was um, the person who was the official Navy Marine Corps Relief Society officer. So if someone ran into financial difficulty and needed money to get home because of um, – a loved one had died or something along those lines. We had a relief society within the Navy and Marine Corps that would help sailors and Marines um, be able to either get grants or loans, no interest loans, to to help them 
And I was the person that would do all that counseling with a sailor or a Marine and help them uh, figure out why it was that they were in the financial bind, of course, but then cut a check as well. Sure. So I did that. Uh, the other thing I did was I, I did a lot of announcing or making, you know, delivery of bad news to sailors. Uh, So uh, we would get a a message to the ship via the American Red Cross system. And uh, that comes across the ship's message system and that would come to our office. And so it would be me and somebody in their chain of command, usually their leading petty officer or their chief. Bad news such as relative passing? A relative passing. Something like that. So I did that a lot. Wow. Yeah. That and, had to be, um, the other, obviously, the mentioning of the trench was important, but that, you talk about a whole new world. It's a, it's a whole different thing. Wow. And so what it did was it set me up as an opportunity for, even if somebody wasn't religious, it, it helped me to be, I'm a, I'm a resource for you. Yeah. I know I'm de- delivering you bad news, but I'm always somebody that you can come and talk to. Yeah. And I had a little space underneath, you know, on, off the main uh, hangar deck that, uh, you know, people could come by and, and we would sit and chat. So you were a psychologist, psychologist, social worker, a little bit of attorney, you know, whatever yeah. was, yeah, counselor, banker, minister, emergency right? banker. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, did they teach y'all that in seminary? Uh, no, <laughs> no, they did not. The chaplain school, actually the Navy chaplain school, the basic course of the chaplain school was really good. Uh, it was 12 weeks uh, and it was kind of a crash course of welcome to the Navy. This is how to wear a uniform and this is how to stay out of most of the trouble you could get into. Yeah. Uh, and these are all the things that you could possibly do. And my first, my first experience in the Navy on, on my first ship was just absolutely wonderful. Um, if I could have stayed on that ship for longer with maybe a couple more breaks, um, <laughs> I, I, I would have enjoyed spending my time there. They were great people to work with. I had a great commanding officer. I had two different uh, COs who were just absolutely wonderful people to work with. Um, the, the, the camaraderie amongst the officers was something that I had really enjoyed at seminary and something that pastors miss if they're kind of in their church office and there's not a whole lot of folks coming by. And so, you know, there's always somebody to get a cup of coffee with and have a conversation with. And it's something I, it's something to this day I deeply miss. Wow. That's why we're having so much fun right that's, now in, in the studio, <laughs> yeah. having a great conversation. That's right. One that's on right. one. It's yeah. exactly, that's exactly what it is. Um, Bethesda. Sure. Talk about your experience there. Well, I arrived at Bethesda right after the beginning of the Fallujah campaign. So that was uh, the middle uh, of 2006 to the end of 2006. So we had a number of folks, and I had just come from a Marine command. I came from the 2nd Marine Air Wing. Uh, And I had deployed with those Marines at the beginning of the Iraq war. So when I arrived, I had experience being around Marines. I had experience uh, helping Marines. And I, I was immediately tasked uh, to the floor um, where those folks were recovering uh, from, their, from their wounds. Wow. That, that had, that again, went a whole different kind of ministry. Uh, an entirely different kind of ministry. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, wow. Well, uh, well, I could just stay parked on your, your time with the Navy for another three shows, but I do want to get into how you got to Cookville, sure. uh, what's happening here at Heavenly Host. I want to talk about your school, uh, a lot more to talk about. This is fascinating, Andrew. Thank you so much for setting aside some time to be Happy with to us. And, uh, and we appreciate the audience who listens to this show, the chat, every single week. We're on Tuesdays at 530, uh, and we look forward to bringing you this kind of conversation with uh, ministers and church leaders in our community week after week. And we'll be back with more with Andrew Smith in just one moment.
We're back on the chat with Andrew Andrew Smith. He's minister at Heavenly Host Lutheran Church here in Cookville, Tennessee. Andrew, um, we we've, we've spent a good deal of time on your uh, years, eight years as a chaplain in the Navy and the uh, broad range of experiences you had there. You mentioned uh, initially, I think you said earlier, that you thought that when you did that, that that might become a career for you and you would spend your life, your working life and, and ministry there in the Navy uh, and you spent eight years. What what was involved in your decision to, to leave the Navy and move back into uh, church circles and pastorate and that sort of thing was there was there was it a process was it an event was it uh it, w- it was did you enjoy it? you could stand what was <laughs> well i mean i i did enjoy it and i it was challenging in a lot of ways i mean i did leave the hospital you know uh pretty downcast several days i i remember those days uh but my my main decision was based on my family at that point and i felt like my initial contract with the Navy was eight years. Um, the first three years of that needed to be active duty, but I stayed on active duty all eight years. Uh, the rest of that time could have been in the uh, active reserve, uh, but I stayed on active duty. I felt like I had d- done my time and served my country, and then I made really the, the choice to get out because of the operational tempo. Um, I, I've got a, anybody who's made a career out of the military in the last 20 years has really worked hard for this country. Um, when I think about the, uh, the Army soldiers who have gone, you know, deployment after deployment after deployment, when I think of the sailors who have gone and, and just done things vastly different than what we used to do back in the 90s even, uh, when I think about, you know, certainly even the Air Force and the Marines, um, if anybody's made a career out of it, uh, they've certainly worked harder and been in harm's way more often than anybody in the last 50 years, maybe since, maybe since Vietnam. And my, my choice at that time was to get out for the sake of my family. We had two young children. Uh, my wife uh, was very supportive, uh, but it was definitely hard on her. It was hard on sure. her emotionally and, 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 you know, it was hard on her mentally. Um, and I just wanted to take better care of my family. My first promise, I, I got married before even going to seminary. So my first promise was to be a good husband and father, and I wanted to honor that. And so I made the, the choice to uh, not renew my contract and not go in for another tour. And I felt like I'd served honorably and, and I could go home with my held, held, head held high. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I imagine boy, some of those days at Bethesda, considering the folks you're working with and serving and helping and ministering to, yeah, that you had, you'd have to leave there at the end of the day going, whoa. I mean, it just, uh, that had to be draining, but uh, we'll talk about, okay, after, after the Navy, uh, how your, your trip to Cookville, how did sure. you land here? Well, uh, it, was a, it was a five year trip to land in Cookville. When okay. I got out of the Navy, I ended up in, in Hickory, North Carolina and served a wonderful congregation in, in, in Hickory there. A uh, hundred-year-old church uh, had been there for a long time. Believe it or not, uh, I know a lot of folks don't know about Lutherans in this area, but if you just go to the other side of the Appalachian Mountains, uh, you'll find a lot of Lutherans there. Uh, a lot of folks settled from Germany in that area after the Revolutionary War. They were given land grants by Washington, and they brought their families, and they settled in that area, and they brought their churches with them. There are more churches in Catawba, Lutheran churches in Catawba County, North Carolina, then there probably are Church of Christ churches here in Putnam County. Is that right? I mean, it's amazing. Wow. And uh, so— Well, after all, Martin Luther did play a pretty significant role. In the, he, he did play a significant <laughs> for, role for in all Germany. of us, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so you spent five years there. So I spent five years there and then got yeah. called kind of out of the blue to come serve this church. And I, I came and visited this church. And I like to tell the story that I came and visited this church and said, uh, well, that was Cookville. I'm going to go home now and I'm going to serve my church in Hickory. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really wasn't interested in coming. I was at a point in my life where I didn't want to make a move. I, my family, it was going to be very difficult to make the move. I had just bought a house in 2008 before the housing market collapsed. <laughs> uh, and so it was a really bad time. And yet I got back to my, I got back to my church in Hickory and I was standing at the altar and doing what I do. And I just realized I was at the, al- the wrong altar. Wow. It was a profound sense. Now, let me back up. You said you you came to visit Google. Did you come to visit, visit, or did you minister I, to the church? Or? I came to visit the church because okay. they had extended the call to me. Oh, okay. And effectively, I had two calls. I had a call to serve the church in Cookville okay. and a call to serve the church in Hickory. Hickory. And um, and I, I, I had to prayerfully discern which wow. one the Holy Spirit was sort of leading me wow. uh, to continue with. So when you left Cookville, you thought, okay, that was nice. I enjoyed that, but I'm going back to my home church. I was at the BP gas station on South Jefferson, and I was like looking around going, this is Hickory. Okay, I, you know, perfectly nice place, but I don't know that I'll be back here anytime soon. Yeah. And then, you know, sure enough, a month and a half later, I'm packing up and getting ready to move here. So back when you got back to Hickory after leaving Cookville, the Holy Spirit. Now, let's park. I, uh, I, it, I think it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I mean, had you know, a profound I mean, I'm, sense. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, that, you just I, knew. You think, oh, I'm. I don't. I hope on. nobody listening to this from my church thinks I, you know, really didn't want to come here. Yeah. It's just that I didn't feel necessarily led in in the discussions. They were wonderful people, lovely people. That wasn't it. I just I had this other call. I thought that was where, and this call had come out of the blue, and then it really was. It was the Holy Spirit who who nudged me and says, "You need to look again because you're you're just being stubborn." And you, isn't it great? And I've had those experiences in my life and they don't happen every day. They don't happen every year. Right. But when it happens, you know it. You just know that you know that you know that's what you're supposed to do or not do. And then have a great, and then a great experience. And, and you followed that knowing and here you are. It can be a wonderful experience. <laughs> it can be. It can be somewhat frustrating too. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, if you, if you want to, um, what's the line? If you want to, Make God laugh. Tell him your plans. Um, <laughs> that's pretty close to it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's the idea. I mean, I had a whole different set of plans and then this thing happened. Yeah. And, uh, it's been it's it's been wonderful. I've been here eight years now. I see. It's the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. Uh, and I really feel, uh, you know, a part of this community and a part of what I've been able to do here in 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 Cookville. And of course, that's part of uh, leading a church and leading a church with a school. And I know that that's the next section we're going into, and and uh, but it's been really exciting. Well, the uh, yeah, eight years I came, I came, Andrew, in the in the nineteen seventies as a tech student. My plan, my plan, my plan was to graduate and go home, which was East Tennessee. And here we are. We're that's, sitting here today right. in two thousand twenty one. Yeah. So, and, and it's been a great way, great place to live, work, and raise a family, and that sort of thing. So, eight years. Uh, and uh, if you have you have you ever have you ever looked back? Have you ever thought, well, was is is, is you, you we wonder sometimes, but you're you're still you're still very happy you're here, right? Oh, I love Cookville. Yeah, I love Cookville. I love our congregation. I think we're doing good work in our community. Um, I, I love the work that I've been able to do here. Um, I'm I'm very happy with with the ministry that I've been a part of. We, uh, we when we come back, I do want to talk about your work here as pastor at Heavenly Host. I want to talk about the school. So we've got uh, a lot more ground to cover and. Uh, one more section to do it in, so we'll have to do it rapidly. We'll have to do it fast. Andrew Smith is my guest today. He's pastor at Heavenly Host here in town. We're back with more in just a moment.
Rebecca on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest, Andrew Smith, pastor at uh, Heavenly Host Lutheran Church here in Cookville. So we've got you to Cookville now. Been here. You've been here eight years. And talk about, you know, your congregation sees you in the pulpit. They see you. What it, give us the, you know, what is what is it like? I mean, when you go to your office, you go to your church, is is there a normal day? Is there a day that is, yeah. is um, what, what's it like day to day as pastor here in town? Yeah, I've got, you know, I think a pastor probably organizes not necessarily a day, but a week. Yeah. You know, there are fixed points in that week. If you've got a Wednesday service, you know, that becomes a fixed point. Yeah. If you don't, then it's then it's not. But certainly Sunday morning is the fixed point and everything else sort of revolves around that. And yeah. that's that's what you, your whole family, your 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 whole world is focused on because that Sunday morning is immovable. Yeah. They won't change it for you. <laughs> um so everything in my world is sort of set up around that. So Monday morning I, I normally come into the office I don't take Mondays. I know a lot of pastors take Mondays off. I don't. I take Fridays off. It just seems to work for me better. Uh, Monday mornings, I come in and I'm trying to already uh, look at the the text that's coming up for the for the upcoming Sunday and and getting get into the text. Maybe do a little bit of translation work. Uh, I try to come up with uh, the points that I'm going to make in that message. Even come up with maybe a rough outline uh, by the time I'm done studying that text. In the afternoons on Mondays, I might make a, a visit to a shut-in or to somebody in the hospital, depending on what's going on. We've got about 10 or 15 shut-ins in the congregation right now, folks that were active members of our congregation for years, but just due to health situations now can't get out. So we visit those regularly. I try to see those folks at least once a month, and I'm, they're on a rotating basis. Tuesdays, uh, depends on what's going on, but uh, Tuesday is often a day where I try to get some administrative work done. Uh, we've got a small staff. I have a director of Christian education on staff who does things like help me teach uh, confirmation class. In fact, she does a lot of the instruction, and I come in and do the important pastor parts. And uh, But we meet and plan and all those kinds of things. I've got some wonderful lay people who are directors of areas within our church, like evangelism and outreach and stewardship and uh, those areas where I sit down with those folks and I try to uh, have conversations about where we can go next with those things. We're in the middle of a, a building program. We're trying to do a building program right yeah. now. So uh, there's that kind of work. And, you know, how can we work that into the Sunday morning and, and make that a part of an organic part of Sunday morning rather than just a, a fundraising appeal? Because it, it, it's got to be part of who we are. Uh, it's yeah. not just a fundraiser. Uh, by Wednesday, I'm already, we've got a Wednesday night service now on, at seven o'clock. So by Wednesday, I'm already having to, you know, come up with a message for that and uh, get ready for that. Wednesday morning, we have chapel uh, with the school. So all the students from this, uh, well, with COVID, we're doing it remotely, um, but we're, we're still in the church and we're streaming, you know, from the church into the classrooms. Uh, we're doing that. It's a, it's a pretty active sure. week. Yeah. Uh, by Thursday, I'm, trying to field requests for people that want to do interviews. And, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't, I, no. I don't get this kind of thing very often at all. But by Thursday, I'm, I'm really trying to finish up that draft for Sunday, maybe do some prep for Sunday school, uh, my Sunday school class that I lead. We have two services on Sunday at 8 and 1030. So you, and lead a a Bible, you lead a Sunday school I, class? I do a Bible study in the middle of that. In, in the middle of the And students. you're involved in the chapel for the students? And I'm involved with chapel for students. I, I, I lead chapel okay. for students. Okay. Every yeah, week. Absolutely. Every week. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
So it's uh, and I want I want to come back to that because we haven't talked about it nearly enough. I don't remember Cookville. I got here. Uh, I was on campus for the most couple of years, about mid seventies. I don't remember Cookville without Heavenly Host. When was the church started? Uh, we started uh, in. In 2017, we had our 50th anniversary, so okay. that makes uh, us, what, 54 this year. Yeah. Uh, and so um, it was a really good marker for us. Uh, 2017 was the 500th anniversary of the Lutheran Reformation, yeah. so it was a, our 50th anniversary. So that's how I remember these dates. And then the school started, uh, I think this is our 29th year this year. So the school, Heavenly Oak School, has been a part of Cookville for a long time. A lot of folks, maybe even a lot of folks who are listening right now, had students or were students uh, at, at our school. We've had, uh, we've had young people from our church, Living Hope, uh, attend, uh, attend the school there, which is, which is a wonderful, uh, particularly in an era where we need choices, we need the kind of offering that your school ha- offers our community. Talk about the school and, and the grades that you have now, uh, what someone can expect uh, if, if their child or grandchild is a student there. Elaborate on that if you would. So we are, we are a Lutheran organization, obviously. But what that means is we are deeply committed to the core doctrines of the Christian church. God created the world. Jesus God's son came and died for the world, was raised on Easter Sunday and ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and gives us faith. So we point people to those things that we have in common. Uh, So our school is really a Christian school. The vast majority, uh, and the vast majority for 29 years, have always been people from other churches or even people from no church background. Believe it or not, we've served a lot of families that don't have a home church. But we've done it in such a way that from preschool, actually from infant care, six weeks on, uh, we started that about eight years ago, I think. Uh, from six weeks on, it's a Christian environment, and we work really hard toward that. Uh, the people that we have on staff, uh, we've had conversations about their Christian faith. They're active in their church. Uh, we just had a change in, in staff uh, in, our, in our upper grades, and we did our very best to sort of let them know sort of what the uh, what the ethos, what the character of the school is about. And, and, you know, we don't call it religion class. We call it Bible because, you know, the kids are in the Bible and learning Bible stories. And we think that those things are really important. Even if a family is not from a Christian background, those, those stories, those accounts in the scriptures are foundational for how we understand ourselves as human beings in the world. And I think that that's really important right now, especially as the rest of the world begins to kind of fall away. Yes, Yes. I, I don't want to – I my, my son uh, was both at Heavenly Host and has also been in Putnam County Schools, and I think we have great schools in our area. I'm not putting down our public schools at all. Uh, but I think we offer something different from the public school system, certainly more attention. We can offer that, but certainly a, a place where the Christian faith is going to be upheld and, you know, uh, the student's going to be steeped in that. They're going to be familiar with it by the time they leave. They don't necessarily all make a confession of yeah. faith by the end of it, but, but they certainly know what it is and why it's important. Real quickly, folks who want to know more about the school, how's the best way to reach out? Oh, you can definitely look us up. Uh, we're on all the social medias, Instagram and uh, Facebook and those kinds of things. Uh, we yeah. definitely have a website for the Heavenly church. Heavenly Host, yeah. Heavenly Host. You can just Google Heavenly Host. We're the only Heavenly Host Lutheran Church there is. Um, you can you can look us up on Google very easily. 
and uh, and find us there and go from there. And if you have any questions, you can always come by and, and talk to us. Andrew, I've really enjoyed this. Oh, this has been I've fun. I've enjoyed like, this a whole yeah. lot. Thank you so much for being with us. And we appreciate your joining us. Appreciate your being back next week for the chat.